Hello, welcome back. It is week 79 on Out on That Line. That rhymed. My name is Jeff with my co-host Alex. As always, Alex, how you doing this week? Well, you might as well call me Phoebe Bridgers because I have some things that I want to say about Connor Oberst. Well, I think there's a lot of people that have some things to say about Connor Oberst. I think there's a lot of fans in Houston, especially, that have some things to say. But apparently there's other cities that this has been going on previously. This is just the worst one so far. Um, so do you want to tell the, the, the people a little bit about uh, kind of where we're going with this? Yeah. So in a nutshell, Connor Oberst, the front man of Bright Eyes, uh, walked out on a concert two songs in in Houston and left the rest of the band with their asses hanging out of the pocket. And they didn't know what to do. They panicked. So they were like, ah, we'll do as much as we can ourselves. And then we'll invite people from the crowd to do karaoke. And it's mm-hmm. just like, we're losing them, man. It just yeah. started to melt down horribly because Connor Oberst just walked away. Like, do we, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, they've made no comment. So like, do we know why he did it? I, to me, it seems like clearly there's some you know, some mental health issues going on. I think he's always been like kind of open with the fact that he struggled with those. Um, and I don't know specifically, you know, which ones, but I think just in general, if you listen to bright eyes music, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sadness there. I mean, it's just like kind of wrapped up through the whole thing. You could have a very optimistic sounding bright eyes song, but there's always going to be, you know, some sort of darker side to that. You know, there's always going to be like the feeling of kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, so to speak. And I think, you know, that catches up to people. And maybe there's something on this tour was just like too overwhelming. You know, I feel like the world at large nowadays is just like a little tougher to exist in. Um, So especially if you were having trouble before, I can see where it's an issue now. Now, what I don't understand is... If you read kind of this was he didn't he wasn't on stage long enough to do anything like really weird at this show other than the leaving itself. But at previous shows to this, you know, the, and this is all kind of like hearsay because nobody I don't I think officially recorded this or at least those haven't been widely available for folks to be able to make judgment on this. But from what folks are saying and reporting from those shows previous to this Houston one is that he's been like going on these really long sort of not like tirades, maybe they're tirades, I don't know, but just like these rants, these like soliloquies about you know whatever it is that's bothering him. You know, and just like in general seems very disconnected from you know what you would normally the feelings and emotions you'd normally want to have when you're performing live for people. You know, no matter what the genre of music, it just doesn't feel like he is very interested in doing that at this point and was really just kind of saying fuck it you know because this is like obviously the band had no idea but like who comes up with doing karaoke this is not some like podunk show that happens at you know some like little bar like this is i mean this is bright eyes like they're they were a big deal in indie music um you know this is not just some like random ass show like people those these tickets sell out so like to have that happen at a show where you know, people likely a few of those people paid a lot of money on the secondhand market for that. Um, <clears throat> man, I can, I just don't know how how pissed would you be? Like the band's like, hey, come up and do some karaoke, and then like, who are the chuckle fucks that actually go up there and do it? 
Yeah, or you're going to have the whole crowd sing, like, Friends in Low Places together or some shit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is Pedro Hornies and Cabo? Like, I don't think so. I That's the thing, is they're put in an impossible spot, because what are your mm-hmm. options at that point, right? If he, if Conor Oberst is having problems, do you cancel the tour and refund everybody's money? Or do you kind of do the big riverboat gamble of he'll show up to certain shows? Because I guess the Louisiana one, the mm-hmm. New Orleans one after this was great. People had rave reviews, great things to say. Weird. So it's like so he weird. can get through a show, and sometimes he can't. So do you do you buy that ticket, take that ride, or do you just call the whole thing? What's the rest of the band kind of supposed to do at this point? So the karaoke thing, while incredibly lame, I do get it. Ultimate panic move. It's like moonwalking your way out of an awkward yeah. situation. I'm not going to say I haven't done it. I've done it. And but, I mean, holy fuck. Do, do none of them know how to sing in the band? Like, because I mean, Connor Oberst is not even that great a singer. Like, I've never been a big fan of his voice. Um, I really liked Monsters of Folk, but like Bright Eyes, I never really got into at all. Um, definitely, you know, liked the girls that were into Bright Eyes. You know, that sure. was that was a weird thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's always I feel like I'm not alone in that. Um, but it's, you know, I, I just. Yeah, what do you do? Like, if you're the band and you're, like, watching your paychecks basically walk off the stage, because, I mean, I don't care how good the rest of the band is, like, people are there for Conor Oberst. Like, Bright Eyes has always been that way. You know, not until, like, Monsters of Folk was he in a band where, you know, there were some other people to really give a shit about. Um, And I think he's just lost it. Like, he's either not interested or actively hates touring like this maybe it's like all the restrictions that you know he thinks are that he thinks people should still be following um in order you know because there's a lot of musicians upset about that right now you know with people not masking up at shows and and all that and you know we're not here to get into a debate about that but like maybe that plays into it maybe that's like weighing on him is the safety of of his band and his fans and he just doesn't know how to handle that I don't know, but I'd I'd be like I'd be pretty upset if I was at that Houston show, and then you hear that the show the next night it was the next night, right? Yeah. I mean, at worst, like two days from then, um, and how good that show was, like I'd be like, well, what the fuck? Like I wouldn't care about the refund at that point. You know, if you go to a Bright Eyes show, it's because you love Bright Eyes. Like I don't think anybody's like half-assing their fandom when they go to that show. You know, you got to really want to listen to a lot of Bright Eyes to go to a Bright Eyes show. I'm not that, that guy. You're not going to catch me there. For sure not. But, like, the people that were there wanted to be there. And then to hear about that and the next night going well. Because if you cancel the rest of the tour after that, you got to be like, ah, well, you know, I got a refund and maybe I got to see something interesting. But it's like, your night sucked. The next night went just fine. And you're like, what the fuck? I guess the easy answer to that is stop listening to bright eyes and then that's everyone a, yes. can be like you yes that's that's probably the best answer that that we could possibly leave you with that's the thing too i would love to double back to this thing you were talking about where every now and then you seem to find yourself chasing a girl who's very into bright eyes i would also mm-hmm. submit jack's mannequin tilly in the wall oh um the tilly spill in canvas. the wall is a big one yep Rilo Kylie, um, oh, Hot Hot man. Heat. There were girls who were into some 
real indie shit and some real like kind of shitty pop stuff. Yeah. Hot hot heat. Oh <laughs> no. Uh there's I don't think I've really listened to a lot of Hot Hot Heat, so I wouldn't really I wouldn't really know. I think we have a CD of Hot Hot Heat in our CD book. We use the shit out of that CD player. That's good. You're bringing it back. It is I it is coming back. It's like it's like uh it's like records were, you know. Six seven years ago, everybody's like really starting to get into it. I think we're at that point with CDs right now. I'm in too deep with the vinyl. I can't give up now. I'm nowhere near Tanner levels, but you just do I'm both. In too deep, you know. You just supplement because you can go down to Goodwill and get a CD for two bucks. Is it going to be a CD I want? I mean, they have tons there. I've gotten like some Pearl Jam. I bought some Alice in Chains CDs. Can you know, it's like... I get some Bruce Hornsby up in here? Oh, for sure. You go down to for two dollars. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, okay. that I mean, that'll be on the high end, I think, for Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the mandolin rhyme. <laughs> I low key love that song, so no, no disrespect to Mr. Oh, Hornsby. you know, I, I just, I feel like, you know, we probably don't have a lot of big Bruce Hornsby fans that are that are listening. I, but who knows? Because we're up to two hundred and six subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. So there's Move you around know, and find out. With every new subscriber, the chance of one of them being a Bruce Hornsby fan increases. Stand up if you're watching this, if you're hearing this. (laughs) Stand up and be counted. I'd love to know. Yeah, tell us uh, what your favorite three Bruce Hornsby memories are. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Long form email only, please, to the Gmail. Uh, and, And we'll read it on the air. If you're a big Bruce Hornsby fan, we will give you the shout out you deserve for suffering yeah. all of these years. <laughs> then you can join me over here in Frank Zappaland because I have to get him in. Yeah. That was a good segment. Did you get him in last week? I didn't. I didn't think so. I didn't. I thought we about it. You stopped recording. You were real handy on that Fare Thee Well. And I went, oh, shit. I didn't get the bit in. So it's well, one of those episodes you know, in lore. You got you to gotta be handy with the steel. I guess so. Yeah. It's hard because we do this remote. You know? It is, you know, because we get, you know, we have a very certain flow that we get into because it has to be, you know, it's as conversational as we can make it. And I think we do a pretty good job with that, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, when you're sitting like across from somebody and you can like read body language a little better than you can on, on a camera, it would be a little easier. So eventually when we get to that point, where we can do this in person together, you know, I think you're going to see not that any of you probably think it's possible, but you're going to probably see an improvement with the podcast. I make, I make no promises of any sort, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> hope is hope is a plan in my book. Well, it can't get that's, worse. You know, it can't get worse. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And I tell you what, like you said, 206 people, it's up to you guys if you can grow this following, we're trying to do video on this one. We may not release it. Who knows? But all 206 of you go out and tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and then the podcast gets better because once this starts paying for our rent, mm-hmm. we'll be in the same city again. Yes. That's my and, and you made it sound like a pyramid scheme. 
And I'm, I'm not totally convinced that it's not, but I don't think it is. Again, I make no promises. Yeah. Because we haven't made it can't be it can't possibly be a pyramid scheme if we haven't made any money yet. But we could turn it into one and get rich. That's all I'm saying. As soon as you guys decide you want to start paying us, the sooner you can be a part of the greatest Ponzi scheme since Madoff. Yeah, we'll sell shares of um, of episodes uh, as sell them as NFTs. Yeah, you read my fucking mind. Yep. <laughs> this is, oh, it's all it's all coming together. It's all coalescing yep. here. That was I like good. where we're at. <laughs> well, did you have any more thoughts about Connor Oberst and Bright Eyes? No. Nah, and those I'm poor good. folks in Houston. No, I'm good. Yeah, that's uh, that's enough of that. Well, we have there was there was a, a pretty big album. That came out. Um, one of our better performing videos recently um, was based on this artist, and it's Harry Styles, his new album, Harry's House. Have you ever been to Harry's House, Alex? I've never been invited to Harry's House, but I hear they've got a hell of a charcuterie plate there. Woo! Make your tongue slap well, your brains out the top of your mouth. Well, from what I could see through the windows, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool indeed. It was good stuff. Harry Styles is one of those things, one of those people, as I think I said in the video, that you're familiar with from One Direction, and you go, eh, One Direction, boy band, who gives mm-hmm. crap? Then you hear they're all splitting off and having solo careers, and you start to hear people talking about Harry Styles, and you still go, eh, boy band crap, I don't mm-hmm. care. Yep. Then people close to you, like friend of the show Tyler and friend of the show Tanner, start talking about Watermelon Sugar. And you go, it's that same Harry Styles shit, but now it's infected people in my circle. What's going mm-hmm. on? Do I dare? Do I need to find out for myself what's going on? And I eventually found myself at those crossroads. So I decided yep. to find out for myself. And let me tell you, that Sledgehammer video, that song is very important to me. That's yep. a Desert Island song. That's a certified hit in my book. And he stuck the landing. He so did. That was a good he, video. He had my attention with that and with this third yeah. album. He has my curiosity. Yes. I think that his performance in, on Sledgehammer was great because Peter Gabriel is like pretty damn good singer. And he crushed yeah. that. Have you seen this stuff? Uh, Mick Jagger is talking about the comparisons between Harry Styles and him. And how he's like, well, I don't think he moves like I did on stage. And, you know, he doesn't sing quite as well as me. So I don't I don't see where these comparisons really come from. And it's like, I don't know, man. I think I think Harry Styles might be way cooler than Mick Jagger ever was. I think and that's the thing is Mick Jagger has the benefit of having lived long enough to see himself become a parody of himself. You know yeah. what I mean? He's like an 80 year old sure. man in, in a parody. He looks like a broom. And he's in pants. He's a broom in pants. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm I, whatever. But at his peak of his powers, like that kind of like Mick Jagger charisma really was something special. You cannot deny that Harry Styles has something like that. You cannot deny that he's got Bowie in his DNA. He's got Prince. Mm-hmm. He's got Elton John. Mm-hmm. He's there's there's a lot going on 
with Harry Styles, stage presence, the type of music he makes, and just his like persona. He's a pretty f- fucking cool cat, if I do say so myself. And I think he's just maybe just coming up in one direction and like I never really I don't I, I might recognize a one direction song, but I can't name any off the top of my head. You know, it's just like I think they totally missed me. Um, when they were out and popular, I kind of knew of them, but didn't really ever listen to them. And then when you see the amount of them that have come out and had like decently successful solo careers, I think just about every one of them has come out and had at least like, you know, a, made a, a good career out of being solo out of that band. But Harry Styles has clearly been the most popular one. Um, you know, I just feel like on the stage that he is as you know with as a popular musician doing this style this sort of album when he could have gone a totally different direction and just made like the poppiest kind of club banger you know almost like a one direction style album and and sold a zillion of them and taken over the planet with it played on like good morning america and like everything you know just like took it over but instead i think he went a direction where there's still obviously it's pop music I mean, there's no doubt about it, but he went a lot of different ways on this album. Like the the songs themselves, like there's some that I could take or leave. Um, but overall, the ones that I liked, I really, really liked. You know, I really thought that the dynamics that were at play with that, his ability to just like, I don't know, he's got a very good presence as a singer and as a and as a songwriter. You know, he's got a, it it it's you almost trust him. You know, that he's telling you the truth with with these things that he's singing about. And the way that he, like, really is very honest about how, like, his shortcomings, things like that. It's it's something that, you know, you don't think you're going to get this level out of music as popular as this. But it's nice when those two things can meet. He gets to have his cake and eat it, too, on this one. Because he did make a super-duper pop album. Like, this is a, this is a pop album. But what he did to like put a different stamp on it is like the way that insofar as I'm very new to Harry Styles, but sure seems like he likes to like playfully push at the boundaries. I think he's comfortable making pop, Mm -hmm. but I mean, in many ways, David Bowie was pop. We think of him as like a very cool, like, like a, a very pure, cool rock and roll kind of thing today. But he absolutely did stuff that was poppy i mean he let's did some dance. crazy stuff like right like let's dance you can do yeah. station to station and you can do let's dance mm-hmm. and i don't think harry styles has made station to station yet or if he ever will but you know david bowie made entertaining pop that was still pop i think harry styles makes entertaining pop that mm-hmm. is still pop so everybody wins and i think about it too like again to invoke bowie that's someone that I would have loved to have been able to see live at the peak mm-hmm. of his powers at yes. all, but at the peak of his powers. Harry Styles is the kind of guy I think for our generation who can be like, I was there in 2022 when he played the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. And Lenny Kravitz was there and his dick fell out of his pants again. We all remember when that happened the <laughs> first time. What are the odds? Yeah. That, anyone trying to say that was an accident. That was just Lenny Lenny Kravitz trying to make sure the world knew that he's got it like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. needs to know what he's working with. <laughs> but I mean, this, I, I don't know. I think Harry Styles is, is a kind of step above 
your typical like pop fair that you get. I think he's I think he's very aware of like what makes a good song and clearly has a good team around him to help with the production of that. Um, but I think he's just got a very good sense of what's going to work and what's not. And he tends to hit more than he misses. And especially on this album, I think it's that way. Cause I think, I think I liked fine line a little better than this one, but it wasn't very far apart. Like, I think this was, it lived up to the hype other than maybe a couple songs on this one. Um, so should we get into it? Should we get into the songs that we chose, Alex? Let's jump in. Okay. Um, so we did the typical thing. We each picked three. So we went through the album. It was about 40 minutes, so a little shorter than the Kendrick, which sometimes <laughs> makes it a little tougher. I know you had mentioned you had a hard time picking out just three. Um, you sniped one of the ones I was going to pick, so I also had a difficult time. And yeah, you were quick on that. It was too, it was, it was too fast. Even we though it was it to Tuesday night and, and it was way and it was way after we usually text each other with those. So I can't really complain too much, I suppose. But the first yeah, song. And... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I can't really claim any kind of moral victory because I did it Tuesday night. <laughs> so just because you did Still... it this morning doesn't make it any different. <laughs> well, it's like it's that old saying, you know, when, when you and a friend are running away from the bear, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just got to outrun your friend, you know. That's a, that's exactly correct. Yeah, and I think I that that probably made sense. You may have to rewind and listen to it again, but I promise that made sense. But the first song that we're going to talk about, and it's fitting for this album that it's taking over the planet right now, uh, because the first one, and it's one of my picks, is "As It Was," um, and this is the big one for right now. Anyway, I'm sure a couple of other couple other of these are going to pop off. Um, but I actually did a reaction video to this song when it came out. So you can go back and check that YouTube video and then check out all the rest. We got a ton of everything on there now. Well, how many videos do we have up there now? 170 something? Something like that. Yeah. Like all of our podcast episodes, tons of reaction videos, tons of singles videos, a few little special videos as well. Um, so go check those out. Maybe this video, maybe you'll see this, the recorded version, who knows? But either way, we're working on that. So you'll get even more content is what I'm saying. But as it was, now we finally get a chance to, I get a chance to hear what you have to say about this one. Because you can go back to the video and see what I had to say about it. I really, really like this one a lot. And I think this is one where he gets like very honest. And I like when a song this honest gets as famous as this one is. It's uh. It's also a song that grows on you, I find, because I remember when the single came out, I listened to it and because, again, I was like on this whole give Harry Styles a chance kick. So I listened to it and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm not going to run out and tell anybody like you have you heard you have to hear it. But I was like, yeah, that's pretty good enough to buy further goodwill with him. And then the more Mm -hmm. I've listened to it, the catchier it gets. Mm-hmm. it's really got like for me i love new wave and this is like new waves smudgy fingerprints are all over this thing mm-hmm. um with some of the quirks kind of turned down so that it's a little dreamy or a little more surf rocky um but it's danceable it's the song of the summer there's like this sweet delicacy to harry styles voice and it, these like nice shimmering harmonies surrounding him on this one mm-hmm. it really is just like it's an oversimplification to say this, but it's a, a vibe. Yes. And I think like the, the way that he, I don't know. I think he understands like how to use his voice dynamically very well. 
Um, cause I don't know, like, is he like a really strong singer? He seems like perfectly, perfectly fine to me. Like he hits every note that he needs to, but is he like an overall great singer? Do you know? I, the thing is, again, from my limited exposure, it doesn't, again, this sounds mean. It doesn't seem like it, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a perfectly, it's a really pretty voice. And like, you can see what he can do with it on this song because the chorus, he he's doing falsetto for the first couple. And then at the end, he hits it full voice. And I was like, damn, okay, he's got some shit under the hood. And you, again, you can't do Sledgehammer if you're a total botch job vocalist. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Um, just the way that he sings, like the example, when he says like, Harry, you're no good alone. Why are you sitting at home on the floor? What kind of pills are you on? The way he, the cadence that that goes and the way that he sings that so like very subdued compared to how he sings like some of the other parts of the song, that's where that kind of dynamic difference comes into play for me and, and really like shows itself is when he can like sing those low parts to really draw you in. And then when he gets to the chorus and you get into that like synthesizer line and then, you know, him just repeating as it was a zillion times. It's just like you said, that part is a vibe. And then you get these very real moments where it's like he's kind of giving you these like, well, here's the dark side. Like it may seem really awesome that I get to do all these cool things, perform in front of all these people. But it's like, you know, we've all got our issues as well. I um, that that seems to be one of the things about this album is it's it's a vibe that's carrying on some kind of emotion because if i'm being totally honest i didn't get a super ton of depth out of the lyrics um some songs more than others Mm -hmm. um some i found extremely lacking we'll talk about that and it is what it is again because it seems to me that the music is the emotional expression. And we, we've talked about groups like this who use lyrics to hang the actual emotion on. They're the bones mm-hmm. that hold up the way the song is being performed. Like, you know, it's like musical empathy. You mm-hmm. feel what they were going for through the song, even if the lyrics aren't necessarily up to snuff. I found that a lot on this album. Yeah. Um, to segue into your next pick... That was one, I can't call it a clunker, but this one was not, this one didn't make the cut for me. So I'm really curious to hear what you thought of Daylight. So Daylight, I think I ran into the same thing you did where like lyrically there was not a ton to dig into here. There was nothing like outright that bad to me, I guess. Maybe there's, there might be some points and that, that you felt differently about that. But this one, it wasn't the lyrics. I just like really liked the song. You know, the mm-hmm. same way that um, that as it was grew on me into something like daylight was immediately that, you know, it just seemed like, I don't know, every bit of it was engineered specifically to hit my eardrums in a way that made me enjoy myself. You know, and I think that was the biggest part of this song that I that I really liked. Um, and it was also like when I listened to it for the first time on my headphones, I was like, oh, it's one thing I noticed was album is like mixed very well. You know, like the production on this is is very, very good. Um, And on this song, I think because I'd already heard as it was and none of the songs before as it was really grabbed me at all. Um, This was the next one after as it was that just kind of seemed to get me into it. You know, like lyrically, it's really not that strong because there's not a lot of sense that gets made here. You know, the chorus is 
or pre-course, if I was a bluebird, I would fly to you. You'd be the spoon, dip you in honey so I could be sticking to you. You know, it's just like very basic surface level lyrics. Like there's no thought put into that. It's just like very easy metaphors to make, you know. Um, but the music in it and the way the song is structured and the fact that there was nothing else that really got me that got me as excited as this one. This that was all the reasons why this one was one of my picks. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, for me, there was a lot of musical stuff that was great, but a lot of it didn't pay off. There were these moments where it felt like, you know, the song was kind of moving along without any urgency. And then the song gets like a really interesting idea, but then like, doesn't pay it off. So I like, ah, I got like very excited a lot Mm -hmm. through this song. And then for it to like, kind of not really pop off the way I was hoping it would pop off. Um, and the story behind the song is more interesting than what the song is actually about. Like the, the metaphor that Harry Styles made about the writing of this song was he was talking about it through the lens of like surfing. Sometimes you don't get a wave. Sometimes the wave does come and you are not ready, but sometimes Mm -hmm. the wave shows up and you've practiced for that moment. So you nail it. That's how he described the process of coming up with the song. That's really cool. And unfortunately, like the song itself, I think didn't spark me as much as that story and the cool stuff that the song teased, if that makes sense. Yes. And did you see that there was possible connections to the Taylor Swift song of the same name? He he denies it, apparently, but as draw your own conclusions. That's exactly what a guy that just wrote a song about Taylor Swift would say. Turnabout is fair play. She's going to do it to all her exes. About time someone else steps up. We're about to get like a East Coast, West Coast beef and pop Where's she music. From? Uh, she's from Pennsylvania, I think. Ooh, we're going to get Pennsylvania versus the UK. How interesting. I think that was. It's like round two. 1776 yes. all over again. That's that's exactly correct. Taylor Swift just committed <laughs> to gaining a huge amount of weight, shaving the center of her head, and getting little spectacles and just doing like a Ben Franklin aesthetic. She'd be adorable. I was thinking she'd go more like uh what's what is, what's Mel Gibson's character's name in uh The Patriot? Oh Benjamin Martin. Yes. The yes. ghost, right? Correct. Would you yeah. like a lesson, sir, in the rules of war? Oh, I'm not a child. You're my child. That movie, we can get into that. We'll do a separate Patriot podcast because that movie gets fired up. Oh, yes. We should do. We should do a separate. We should do just like one-off episodes about movies. I think that'd be a good thing. Done. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Patriot will be first, as it should be. As it should be. As it should be. Uh, well, yeah. do you have anything further on Daylight? No. I was going to push okay. us into cinema next. Yes. Well, your first pick from Harry's house is cinema. This song is so damn sexy. Oh. It's got that sexy bass. It's slick. 
it's it, it like oozes sexual charisma like he makes references like he's a pop star but you know and I'll speak respectfully about Olivia Rodrigo but you don't hear her making songs about like you know doing cocaine and getting wet and that's kind of the stuff that Harry Styles yeah. like drops in through this album a little bit cheeky little boy um <laughs> I mean there's no there's no like metaphor for it either no no one of the lines is from one of the songs is literally you were doing cocaine in my kitchen yeah and then another one is literally i'll make you wet and like you have this song which at the end is all about like when we when we pop off together we pop off together um and that's what it is it's just this like super kind of horny jam it's a jam it's really mm -hmm. like i got back to my roots i picked the sex song um but it's just it's it's a great jam but you want to talk about where he really fails in the lyric department i think this is probably the weakest song in terms of lyrics on this album <laughs> yes <laughs> yes because like, i mean there's not really not a lot he literally says literally says if you're getting yourself wet for me I mean, yeah, like there's wrote. like no metaphor. There's no like wink and a nod here, just straight up coming out and saying it. And well, I think it's like there's a place for that. You know, there's a place for just like not, you know, doing that. But when you just did in the last song we talked about, it said you were a bluebird flying up to you. You'd be the spoon and I'd dip you in honey. You know what I mean? Like. <sighs> Those two things don't really mesh. How you're gonna like go ahead and use the nice metaphors to make you really think about what that those things mean in one song, and then just straight up say if you're getting yourself wet for me. Yeah, it's borderline graphic. You know what I mean? If he was like, if you're getting yourself fired up or turned on, he gets like anatomical and biological with it. He's like, hey, yeah. this is what happens when a lady gets aroused. These that that's the kind of stuff you, right you read now? in those. That's the kind of stuff you read in those paperback books they keep at the grocery store register. Ooh, those always get some like strong-chested man on the front riding a mm. steed. Get yourself a pack of Big Red and a book called Big Red's Throbber. You have yourself a nice Saturday <laughs> chewing gum and reading a porno novel. <laughs> it sounds like Big Red's Throbber would be about like a farmer or something. Oh, for sure. A lot yeah. of we're talking about like tasteful imagery, a lot of rooster metaphor, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're gonna really tastefully steer yeah. hard into it. Yeah. The rooster is always the first thing to wake up in the morning. Kaka doodle doo. <laughs> so I liked cinema. You know, I think the song was like it was very appealing. You know, and I think that was its biggest strength. And I think that's what carries a lot of this album through, to be honest with you, is the fact that the production's so good and the music is so appealing that sometimes when the lyrics fall short, you've got like, you know, if you think of like production, music and lyrics as like three separate things, you're hitting at least two out of three kind of everywhere on this album. So I think overall, you may not absolutely think it's groundbreaking and the most incredible thing you've ever heard. But, you know, it's like a guy in the major leagues that bats, you know, has a career batting 275. Make yourself a lot of money batting 275 for an entire career. Not being a baseball guy, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but uh, 
I mean, yeah, you're exactly correct. Two out of three ain't bad. Who do we love that says that? Meatloaf. So yes. it it I I give it a pass. It's a good song. Has terrible lyrics, but it's a good song. Yeah, I stand by that. Yes, I feel like that's not the last time we're gonna say some say something like that about one of these songs. Perhaps not. <laughs> we are gonna keep it moving into keep driving. Another one of your picks. Yeah, I just I again it's a very simple premise where it's, you know, the world is on fire, but I've got my partner in crime and there's this kind of like tongue in cheek, you know, should we keep driving? It's that person that, you know, you would drive away from the apocalypse with, you know, mm-hmm. let's drive away from all of our troubles. That's a nice thought. That's a cute thought. That's something like other people have talked about in their songs. Um, but there's just something about what Harry Styles does with this one. It's this super sweet 80s inspired love song, but it has an 80s sound, but like decayed. It's a really cool thing that he does where it's almost like you're pulling this sound out of mothballs at like for the first time since 1986. Mm-hmm. And it sounds kind of warped. There's weird like lo-fi and like the song kind of decays. Um, so you're getting that familiar 80s synth progression. It feels like nostalgic and familiar, but rather than artists who are putting a new spin on it, like Charlie XCX in the weekend, mm-hmm. he's like letting it melt down. And I think that's like a very interesting choice for a really well-constructed song. And I think as long as you're not like just going to completely ape that sound and like, just try to imitate it. It's either you got to like, break it down and try to do something else with it. Like use, use the parts to build something new, you know? And I think that's, I think he does a good job of that. Cause it's like, it has this very retro feeling sound kind of throughout the whole album, but it's still, and I think that's his other, like fine line was the same thing. You know, it's just like, it has that very sunny airy, like sort of like California pop sound to it, but it's, it's different enough that it's like, you know, that this is a Harry Styles song. Like, it's just got that feeling to it the same way you know that it's like a Silk Sonic song. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. just, you they just have the a very good sense of themselves within the music so that everything, no matter what they do, it could sound, it could be way different than anything they've done before, but it's still like, you know, it's them. You know, and I don't know how else to like explain it any better than that because this is definitely a different song than a lot of other things that he's done before but it's like you still know it's him yeah for sure i um i think to further that and actually to go into your next pick satellite um there's this is kind of like a little pocket towards the back end of the album where i think he is kind of starting to indulge different sensibilities like the the front half of it i was i was like this is pretty poppy but then as it goes along, he, again, he likes to kind of push on those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so in something like Satellite, he's doing this kind of like, it's very spacey. It's very ethereal. He's known for like electro pop. It's going to make you get up and dance. And like Satellite drives, it's very high energy on the drums, but it also has this kind of like, I'm in a cough medicine haze kind mm-hmm. of cosmic sensibility. And it's a song about communication and like you are a satellite just floating there waiting for someone to pick up your signal like 
the song feels as untethered as that concept would have you believe. Um, and that's the thing is it's Harry Styles, but he's doing something markedly different with his sound. And I'm like, keep doing that. Keep pushing. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yes. And that was that was the thing that I liked most about this song is the way that it kind of like swelled up into like a really big arena type of song. And I'm like, I want more of that. You know, instead, like as it was is great because of the way that chorus just like, bam, kicks in and hits and it like all of a sudden takes the song to another level. And I feel like Satellite at those couple of moments where it really like goes from, you know, kind of standard pop song to a big indie rock song. I'm like, okay, now we're now we're cooking with gas like this is, I think, where he should be. Not that he should exclusively go here, but I'd like to see him do more of this. And I think it lends itself very well to still keeping pop structures. But I think the reason that, you know, a song, and we talked about it, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but the Arcade Fire song, Wake Up, you know, the reason that one I think is so appealing is because you have these, like, big musical moments and the song just sounds big. Like, especially when you listen to it on, like, a good sound system and you hear everything that's in that production and like really and again i bring up that dynamic range and this time it's not just about his voice it's about the entire song the way that it goes from your standard pop and swells up like it does like i think this is is as far as kind of i think i got the most excited about this song other than as it was because i think that song's a jam Um, but for me like the lesser known ones off this album which is basically everything else right now um, is satellite well and you know what got me excited i'm on record as saying i'm a, a fan of acts that can do a satellite song to the point where tanner when he finally listened to this album texted me and went oh he did a satellite song you love those <laughs> and do my friends know me or do my friends know me just to keep score by the way harry styles now joins the likes of elvis costello Phoebe Bridgers, Lou Reed, Guster, Dave Matthews Band, Thundercat, Nine Inch Nails, Nickelback, The Backstreet Boys, and our boys, U2. Oh, of course U2 made a satellite. Of course U2 made a satellite. I bet it sucks so bad. It's a U2 song, Jeff. Of course it sucks. Yeah. Oh, I bet bet that's the worst of the worst. It's like, okay, there's like multiple circles of hell you know you two generally i think probably hovers around four or five you know i bet satellite is like level seven yeah if we want to call dave matthews band like the fifth ring of hell and we want to call nickelback like the eighth then absolutely you two is is nine yeah gotta be the ninth circle of hell yeah they're terrible i bet they made it we should do an episode where we bash joshua tree we should do an episode where we just we we just bash you two in general. Okay. I don't know why we would limit ourselves to just Joshua Tree. That's a, you know what, Jeff? That's they a fair sucked point. a lot of other times. That's such a fair point. Yeah. So look forward to that. You and tell fans. you know everybody out there, tell us your your least favorite you two moment. Because we'd love to – commiseration is one of the things we do best here on Out on That Line. So if you've got some things that you hate, we want to hear about it so that we can we can all heal together. 
correct. That, yes. by the way, before we move on, is a great idea for an episode. We do like an exorcism where it's one episode where we just get a bunch of rampant hate and negativity out on songs that we f- can't fucking stand. So Deal. that our next episode, we go into it with a nice a weight off our shoulders. Deal. We're going to have to do an Eagles episode for sure. Ugh. Both the band uh, and the football team. Yeah, yeah. It means we're yeah. going to have to do a Buffett episode, too. I hate Jimmy Buffett. Ooh, that'll be fun because I like Jimmy Buffett. Not to the point that Tanner does, but I think it'd be... I think it'd be a very fun time if I mediated a Buffett debate between you and Tanner. That'd be pretty good. The big parrot head summit. Yeah. That'd be, that'd that'd be, be a, a lot of fun. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Right. Cause you know, that little fellow is going to get fired up. Oh my gosh. He's going to get a couple of Bud Light seltzers in him and just yeah. to the moon. Yeah, it's going to be like when I used to talk shit about Tom Brady. That would get him going. That was a time. That was a time. (laughs) Well, we have one more song to talk about on Harry's House. We have one more room to see on our tour of Harry's House. It's fitting that this is the last song on the album, and it's also your last pick. And you stole this one from me. I just want it noted for the record. Well, and I tell you what then, Jeff, I'm going to give it to you. Why did you like it so much that you were upset that I stole it from you? Because this one rocked harder than any other song on the album, I think, is really what it comes down to. I loved Satellite and how that one was structured. I loved Love of My Life. I thought this song was excellent. I think this song is the best song on the album. Uh, hard agree. It uh, yeah. it's the coup de gras at the end of a really solid album. Just because for me, it, it when I talked about how daylight started to do some cool stuff that didn't pay off, love of my life was all cool stuff that all paid off. Just mm-hmm. that, like baby, you were the love of my life. Just like this velvety. It's like an ominous sound, but it's also like an alluring sound. We've got this like heavy synth all through the thing. Um, my favorite, I don't again. I don't, I wish I knew what it was. Is it a chromatic? Is it a minor progression? Is it a half step? I don't know. But it does that kind of cool thing. I like you know. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know what to call that. We'll just call it the flippy. It does the flippy like I like. <laughs> um, it's chill. It's ethereal. But then it's one of the more like substantial like good lyrics, like a preponderance of lyrics and they're actually good and they're actually mm-hmm. telling a story. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it was like, again, we talk about album placement. This was the only one you could have ended the album with. Go out with a bang. Yeah, this was, and I mean, if you want people to come back for more, this is, this is the carrot song. Well, yeah. This is the song they dangle in front of you to get you to keep moving back to the beginning. And I think, just the way, I mean, it, it starts out like you think this is just going to be another weird one, kind of like cinema was, you know, it's just like, but then it, it doesn't take long before you realize that this is going to be his strongest. You're like, oh, this one, I, you know, I think this one, I think this one's going to be pretty good. And then when they hit that chorus and it, and it really gets cooking and you realize like that verse one was lyrically pretty fucking good. And then you hit that chorus, which is excellent. 
And then from there on, the song is just like on a rocket ship. I mean, it's just like, it's just that good. I think it's, I don't know if it's going to blow up bigger than as it was. Cause I think as it was, is a better, like sh- true, like pop song, but yeah. love of my life definitely deserves to have some play and have a run of its own. Yeah, this is what I like to call the playlist one. Whenever we mm-hmm. listen to something, usually, in rare cases, not. Like, we really have to hate an album for me not to take at least one mm-hmm. and chuck it onto one of my playlists. And this this was it. This is the one I, I like, sat up in bed and was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Cranked it up a little bit and just kind of sat there listening on my headphones, being like, oh, shit. He really ended this with the big thunderstrike. So... Again, the the summary for me is that was a hell of a way to end a really strong album mm-hmm. that made me see what people see in Harry Styles. There was a guy on our Harry Styles video who was like, we'll make a full-throated Harry Styles fan of you yet. And while I don't know that I'm a full-throated <laughs> Harry Styles fan. <laughs> I don't know I if I like the wording of that. Full-throated? <laughs> I, I mean, I know what it's supposed to, to mean. Admit. There's nothing, there's nothing, I assume nothing dirty about that, but the internet has completely poisoned my brain. As I recall, it came with a winky face, so that one could go either way. Oh. But no, this person was like, yeah, you, we'll make a fan of you yet. And it's like, I'm on track. I'm going to go yep, listen to the other sure. stuff. Um, But I, I get it. I see the value now, and I'm going to give this a stream it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Definitely, definite stream it. I think you're going to like Fine Line more than this one. If you haven't okay. listened to that all the way through, I think you're going to like that one more. Um, I think it's just a more accessible album. He definitely tried more new things on this one. And I think he, I did, I think he definitely hit more than he missed on Harry's house, but I think you'll like Fine Line a little more. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I'll check it that's out. A, it's a great album. This was a, this was a very good one as well. Um, so yeah, stream it from both of us. I think I think if you already like Harry Styles, you're gonna love this album. Um, if you don't already like Harry Styles, like you'll probably find something to like on this one. If you like music at all, if your ears work at all. Yeah, that's the long and short of it. Harry Styles, yeah. you did it, buddy. You did it. You did it. You did it. You. We did it. And I normally, I normally don't go for the Brits. Made it very clear on this podcast many, many times, but. The young man won me over. Look at that. Well, there me we and go. Olivia Wilde. Oh yeah! Wow, Two I meant to talk about that, but uh, yeah, woo. Yeah, so all the all those very graphic lyrics he was writing about in this one, you gotta think, you gotta think that maybe, you know, they were about Jason Sudeikis' ex-wife. Yes. Imagine being Jason Sudeikis and going, my God, I have a cute comedian's charm to me, but nothing like Harry Styles. He like, can, what if can I you say, do? if Jason Sudeikis on a public bus says, I'm going to get you wet, he'd be justifiably tased. Harry Styles does it, and every and everyone loses their minds. <laughs> yeah, so if, well, I'm, if I'm Sudeikis, I'm taking a fat L on this one. Well, I like Jason But he Sudeikis. also like, he also had that Ted Lasso. So I feel you like he was riding riding pretty high. There's been a lot of love for Jason Sudeikis out in the world, and I'm sure that that man is doing just fine for himself. That's a fair point. Romantic. That's a fair point, I Jeff. Mean, yeah. 
I think he's got, you know, he's he's got some charisma. You know, he's got he's, yeah. he's a decent looking fellow, decent looking bloke. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. But well, it is tough. He's seeing that you got traded in for for Harry Styles like of all people. It's like John Stamos losing Rebecca Romaine to Jerry O'Connell. Like who oh saw my that god. Coming? You know? It's the I mean that's the same. Like you're just getting like a worse version. They're the same picture. Yep. Yeah, that's weird. That's a very dumb one. That that one might be the stupidest. Like Jerry O'Connell? Like I've enjoyed his movies, but I think John Stamos just He's Stamos. Much better. Yeah. He's been He's in the Stamos. Beach Boys. He's an honorary Beach Boy. He is. Because I think by that point, yeah, I think Sweet Denny was dead. Yeah. Mm. So they can get creative with the percussion. Sad. Yes. Well, Alex, what do, do we have anything coming up next? Is there any any albums that, that we think we got to do? Uh, yep. And they're on my phone, which is currently recording this conversation. Oh, well. Oh, I'm in a bit it's of gonna, a sticky wicket. It's going to have to remain a mystery. Find oh. out next week what we're going to review on Out on That Line. Alex, was there anything else that you wanted to plug this week? I think I'm all set. Are you sure? Oh, you wanted like you me to, to plug something. It looks like Oh, you okay. I thought you were sending us home. By the time this drops this bakery fresh episode hits mm -hmm. there will be a new reaction video out i have it coming out and now that we're recording this from the past and this will be released in the future i can tell you it was walker hayes aa oh and, no uh, it's not to be missed y'all it's it's a reaction it's a reaction um but you can find that and you can find our singles videos you can find the mm -hmm. podcast you can find everything out on that line everything past present and future can find it all on youtube forward slash out on that line forward slash co yes 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 that was beautifully read beautifully spoken and until next time